Welcome to the Amazing Stories podcast by Play to Your Strengths. Play to Your Strengths is a Minnesota-based nonprofit that helps people discover their unique strengths, imagine the possibilities, and write a compelling life story. This podcast shares the value and insight found in people's amazing stories. We hope that you enjoy the following interview with a community leader. Today's amazing story comes from Kurt Slater, the principal of Wyoming Elementary in Minnesota. He's also the winner of the 2019 National Distinguished Principal of the Year Award. Kurt's school is innovative and energizing, and he certainly has an amazing story to share. Our interviewer today is Steve Gehagen, founder and director of Play to Your Strengths. Let's dive in. Um, as a leader, what would you say that you get paid to do? Kind of the overall picture of leadership. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting when you talk about education. Some people talk about it as a career. I talk about, you know, I, I think of it as a calling. Um, you know, I, when you when you have the ability to go into a school every day and be a principal and watch the amazing things that happen, it's it's to be honest, I get paid back more than sometimes I feel like I give because of the the excitement around students, the excitement around staff, and the ability to make change. Um, I had an experience just last week where I was out with. Uh, some other principals, uh, we were downtown St. Paul and we were eating at a, a fancier restaurant and it was a great skyline that we wanted to go take a look at and so we went over to take a look and one of my former students from Wyzetta East Middle School just yells out through the lobby, is that you Mr. Slater? And uh, his name was Jamerone and uh, what surprised me about it is I had no idea that had an impact on him. And he just opened up to these other principals that started asking questions like, how was Mr. Slayer's a principal? And you know, he's like, and just and just not, not knowing the impact you have on people. So I really believe that's the pay that you get. Mm-hmm. What's difficult about that is it's, it's, uh, it's like mowing someone's yard for 10 years and not getting paid. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you, you, you know, it's right. such a long time that you have to, that you have to realize in your heart that you're doing the right thing and you have to go around, you know, best practice. And so I think that when we do those things, you know, it goes back to that statement, uh, I will not always remember everything you taught me, but I'll always remember the way you made me feel. Right. Um, and that, and I truly believe that's my, my pay is that uh, I, I have the ability to make or break a kid's day every single day by having positive interactions with them and uh, same with staff. And not always do I have positive interactions with all of the kids, but I have the ability to if I've had to make it a deposit um, and take a withdrawal, and sometimes you have to make a lot more deposits because withdrawal is not available. So, but no, it, the pay is just the ability to to make a positive impact on on not only kids but our society. What is one characteristic that you think every leader should have? Passion. You know, if uh, if you can't see that someone loves their job, then they probably don't. Um, you know, I always tease people. I used to work at Olive Garden, and I, you know, when I go to Olive Garden now, I can tell like in the first three minutes if the waiter or waitress mm-hmm. has a passion right. to do their job. You know, a breadstick's going to come out. Are we going to get you know as much salad as we want, or is it like they're just going through the steps? And I believe that's the same thing in, in education. Is that you know I I believe that um, people that have passion meet kids at the door. They uh, they say good morning. They smile. They they check in with kids around how their day is going and, and what, what they did this weekend and, and things like that. So, uh, no, it, passion, it starts with passion. After that, the, the rest I think you can learn. But if you don't have the passion, it's, it's hard to it's hard to fake passion. I've never, right. never been able to fake it. Uh, kid, kids and staff and, and society, I think, can look right through it if you try right. to fake passion. 
think some of the best ways to build teams is to find out their passion, you know, to find out what, what are they passionate about? What, if you could change one thing tomorrow, what would we change? And then say yes to that, you know, so, so many times, um, principals will say, you go through leadership class and they'll be like, you know, you need to tell them your vision and you need to make sure they know. And, and I think that, uh, if we don't get the teachers in my case, the, Involved, just like when I was coaching basketball. If I don't get my athletes involved with what's what are some of our goals, you know, all of our goals are to win state, but that can't be your goal for this week. Our goal is to get better at layups or get better at our jump shots or better at our free throws and really have everyone to buy in around that. So, the part that I've found to be very um, helpful is there's an author in California, his name's Dave Burgess, Teach Like a Pirate, Mm -hmm. and he was a uh, ALC teacher, um, social studies, and he just got tired of kids coming to class bored, and so he wrote a book, Teach Like a Pirate. I introduced that to my staff, and just yesterday, um, I was walking down the hall, and all of a sudden, all these first graders are walking out of their classrooms dressed up like pirates. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and and they had a whole theme throughout the day through math and, and walking the plank and doing all of really? those activities, and the teachers were all dressed up. Yeah. Followed on Twitter. Uh, if you're not on Twitter, you can find us, but I, you know, I, I'm I sent a picture out just to Dave Burgess so he knows the impact that he's having here in Minnesota with a first grade group of teachers. And probably the coolest thing about that experience was that there's a student teacher that is in the midst of this team. Mm. And so to see her face right. when we're taking this picture and be like, they never taught this in college. You know, we, there, there's not right. a class that, you know, and I think that's where we do another disservice to, to educators is that we don't we don't get them out early enough into the field to see what great teachers are doing and it's just by luck it's just by luck where you get placed it's just by luck where you know what school will take you and so you could experience a classroom that's from the 1970s or you could experience a 21st century classroom where teachers are you know truly engaging kids and I'll tell you, every one of those kids had a hook, and they were, you know, and they had their jokes, and but but they, there there was no kid like refusing to make a hook. There was no kid refusing, but how many times do we see kids refusing to do another packet or another worksheet or not the spelling test, you know, because again they they already know the outcome with that. So I think we have to say yes to our teachers with their ideas, and then what happens is when they see success, is we we take the time to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing is for sure that when we've witnessed you at your school that you have passion, you know, you rolling around with your movable desk throughout the hallways so that you can stay in connection with the kids is really a powerful image. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only is it powerful for them, but it's enjoyable for me. My day goes faster, you know, when, yeah. when you have the boom box out in the morning or yesterday it was, uh, I was wearing red and, and black and um, and one of the things that your audience can't see, but I love to have matching shoes to my, my shirt. And um, so I, I never wear dress shoes to school just because that's not who I am. I'm not comfortable in dress shoes. I have big feet. I, they're not comfortable. I walk on concrete floors. So I wear basketball shoes. And uh, yesterday a kid says, oh, you look like Dr. Seuss. Well, I had a Dr. Seuss hat in my <laughs> office. So I went and put it on and went out to the buses and the kids just went right. crazy. And it was like just putting a Dr. Seuss hat on can, you know, make, make their day and all the kids are rolling the windows down. It's, you know, five below and they're yelling Dr. Seuss. So it's all good. We have to have fun. That's right. Yeah. You, you make education fun. You know, a lot of times as leaders we face uh, challenges that may maybe seem either to us or to others impossible. Can you give us an example of a challenge you faced in leadership that seemed pretty difficult but you were able to overcome it? Yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I talked a little bit about this uh, this last week is that I find it interesting in an education that you can't be great, that we don't have a VIP or a most most valuable teacher in every school that, that we recognize um, for all the great things they're doing. And it seems that if you are great in education, then other people want to bring you down. And I find that, that, that very interesting is that we're all good. And that's not true. I think that there are some people that have some great talents, and because we can't highlight those, we um, find that. And, and I experienced it this year. I thought that you know being the, the National Distinguished Principal of the Year in Minnesota would be this great honor, which it was in many ways, but it wasn't in society. You know, it wasn't like you know, Carol Levin was knocking on my door, or you know, Star and Tribune was at the doorstep to talk about you know leadership like you guys are doing. And really, what it was was more of one of those things that if I didn't reach out to other people, it just went unnoticed. So I think one of the things that I've really tried to, um, the challenges that I've tried to go with this is that how do I pass this forward? You know, I received a great honor. So going back and recognizing um, a couple teachers at Dayton Elementary, I'm going back to Jackson Junior High where I went to junior high mm-hmm. and probably, probably have my name somewhere in the office there, not, not for uh, some, some academic honors, but discipline. But how do you pass that forward and make people remember, hey, I wasn't always a great kid, but... I'll never forget all the time that you spent with me to, to get a product that is, that is a, a, a tribute to society. So that, that's been my biggest hurdle is just like how do you take something very positive and it's not about me, you know, so again, right. I, I've shared that many times. It's not, it's about what my staff is willing to try new, you know, so I, I can be the greatest leader ever, but if my staff or my parents or my students don't support it, it just will, it will be a great idea that just never gets implemented. So. I'm just so appreciative to the staff that are willing to take risks mm-hmm. with me and try new things. When you're back in high school, it, you probably probably no one in your yearbook wrote most likely to become National Distinguished Principal of the Year, right? Right. Did they? No, no, <laughs> no. I, and, 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 you know, <laughs> not only was it that, I think what I what I what I see a lot of is any posts that I've had this year around the principal of the year is, is the just my high school classmates that are shocked. Right. You know, like that, like, hey, yeah. you, you got to let Roger Dorn, who was my elementary principal, you have to let. You know, Mr. Seidel, who was my junior high assistant principal, you have to let, you know, Mr. Chaden, you have to let them know what's, what's happening because it was like you were in his office so much. Is that how you learned how to do it? It was like a mentor club or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, and again, you know, I think I think that, that goes back to that whole piece of where some of the strengths that I have is because I grew up in a dysfunctional home. You know, my dad was an alcoholic. He's a recovering alcoholic. I have a great relationship with him now, but he physically abused me. So a lot of my behaviors... Um, as a kid, we're very aggressive. You know, my, my aunt Mabel took me to AWA wrestling, you know, so <laughs> I, I'd spend the weekend at wrestling matches at community centers and watching Vern Gagne put the sleeper on people and the crusher, and, and that was my life. And I'd watch people be drinking in the bars and, and fighting and, and arm wrestling and all that. And I took that, that same mindset to school, you know, and so you can't, you know, as a third and fourth grader, you know, I just caused absolute havoc in Dayton Elementary. And then I, you know, and so as you, you know, part of what I figured out through counseling is that when you're physically abused, then you're, you're angry all the time, mm-hmm. you know, so then I took that fight mentality to Jackson Junior High, I was in several fights, and, you know, and it was just along the way, though, it was educators that would see the, the strength of me, all the way from Mr. Scott, my sixth grade teacher, um, who's no longer living, but would always say, Mr. Slater, are you going to be a positive leader today or a negative leader? It's your choice. But he knew you were a leader. He knew I was a leader, you yeah. know, and... Um, and so I think all of those things is that 
when people even meet me in the community, they, it's funny people's perceptions of me, especially when I was coaching. I was very, I was a very loud coach. I love my kids to death, but I expected high expectations. And so some people would say, "Wow, that guy's what a jerk," you know. And and but but my kids always knew how much I loved them. Not only my personal kids, but the kids on my basketball team, or you know. And so I, I find it interesting how people read me, being six seven, you know, two hundred seventy pounds. That right away they'll read me as, "Oh, he doesn't have a heart, or he doesn't, right. he's not sensitive, or you know, it's just all of these assumptions." And and I think that's what we do a lot with in education is we judge a book by the cover. But we never read. Everyone has a story. Right. What's your story? And you recently had an experience where you got to honor somebody that invested in your life. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Bev Wesley. She was an advisor at Moritz State. And uh, back in the day, again, because of my uh, poor choices in high school and stuff like that, I didn't have a, a very strong grade point average, but I was very talented at basketball and football. And so I received a scholarship to go to Moritz State. But in order to get to Moritz State, there's this new center concept, which was way before its time. Bev Wesley was my advisor for all four years at Moritz State and just always believed in me, always fought for me, but taught me so many things of how to believe in yourself. And so I had the chance to go back uh, just on Saturday um, to the men's basketball game and honor her with the educational bell to, to thank her for all that she did. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about is, like, you know, to see her face and to see uh, – her kind of testimony about who I was back then and knew great things were coming, even though I didn't realize it was coming, um, mm-hmm. is you know that, that's why I think it, we we need to do more of that. You know, if everyone that's listening to this right now would take right. two minutes and pick up their phone and and call someone or text someone and just you know thank that person that probably doesn't know the impact that they have on them, um, we we live in a lot better world if we right. spent more time doing those things versus complaining about things that we can't change. I'm amazed that. You know, as you've told your story and as we've talked today, how many principles in your past? You, you've named them all. Yeah. You know, so they've, they've been memorable for you, which is pretty phenomenal. And so what an incredible story that not only you became a principal, but you've been honored in this way. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Amazing Stories podcast. We hope you've been encouraged by today's episode and tune in next time for another amazing story. In the meantime, you can find more information at www.playtoyourstrengths.org.